This is Company. I'm Sky Manson. Company is a podcast produced in rural Australia, bringing together ambitious women from the bush, the cities, and all over the world. As you know, this series of Company has been brought to you with support from Amanda at the Grampians Goods Co. And this interview was on her suggestion, and I am so glad she alerted me to these two women. Former journalist and reporter Kirsten Diprose and founder of Rural Women's Day, Jackie Elliott, sound like they are, in their own rights, busy women beyond belief, with heads that bubble with ideas that then somehow see the light of day. Their latest venture is a new podcast. It's called Ducks on a Pond, and it's going to feature discussions with women all over Australia around hand-picked themes that are important to women living in the country. You all know how I love a new podcast, and so it was with great excitement that I wanted to learn more about Jackie and Kirsten, what this is all about, and how they came to be working together. So, hi, I'm Kirsten. Um, so I live uh, in southwest Victoria on a farm near Karamet and we run sheep and crops and cattle too. We seem to be going more into that at the moment. The prices are, are pretty good on that front. Um, and we've also just uh, taken on a couple of dairies further south from us. So obviously we're not dairy country here, so about an hour and a half south um, around Simpson, which has been a very fun uh, and daunting at times ride, getting our head around a completely new type of farming. Um, and of course, I'm, I'm not from a farm originally as well. I didn't study ag or ag science or anything. I grew up in Sydney. I'm from Western Sydney and uh, moved to Melbourne for work. Um, I became a journalist and got a cadetship with the ABC and yeah, loved, loved my job, loved living in the city, uh, loved Melbourne. And about seven years after living there in my, oh, when I was around 20, I, um, yeah, I met my, my now husband when I was 26. And a few years later, we were married and I was, uh, yeah, ended up on a farm here in the middle of nowhere, but it's beautiful. And I love the life and there have been huge learning curves along the way. Um, and, and I guess my career has had to change and evolve with it. I worked as a journalist for 15 years, so I sort of took my career with me. Um, I've got two little boys, so I've been juggling uh, my career around that as well. And, and now I've moved into more communications, um, producing podcasts and, and writing blogs um, and, and advising on, on communications as well as tutoring for Deakin University in journalism. So that's where I'm at. That's my summary of the last 15 years. And we're also joined by Jackie. Jackie, can you just tell us briefly a little bit about who you are, where you live and what you do? Yeah, absolutely, Sky. So, yeah, I'm Jackie Elliott and... I also live in southwest Victoria, about 40 minutes from Kirsten. So we're, yeah, about half an hour from the coast and uh, 40 minutes drive from, or about an hour's drive from the Grampians, so beautiful part of the world. And I, uh, yeah, live with my partner. We've got his um, farming with his family and my parents also got a property nearby. But I've lived at Biodat here for about 10 years and I work for Farm Tender doing uh, online sales of machinery and equipment and a bit of livestock. So 
something I really enjoy. I've been with the team there for just over a year. And I also founded Rural Women's Day a couple of years ago after a really successful first event. Um, it's a bit of an online community as well. So we've got a social media Rural Women's Day community and um, which has, you know, kept growing over the last couple of years. And, and then on top of that, I've um, yet yeah, run an annual event or project. So um, we have yeah, host a local event in the Western District of Victoria and then other years we do projects and the events are slowly growing as well. So we're going into New South Wales and South Australia this year um, to celebrate International Day of Rural Women. So that's a little bit about me. Whoa, you two girls are way too busy. <laughs> so much going on. And to add to that, there is a new podcast in the mix. Um, Kirsten, can you tell me a bit about that? Yes, uh, sucker for punishment, I suppose. Uh, just love it. I loved how Jackie described where we live too. She should be on a tourism ad campaign. I just love that, Jackie. It was like where we're situated from the coast. Love it. Um, so uh, the, this podcast has been like this sort of brainchild uh, living in my head for a couple of years and COVID happened last year and I really had to take a few things off the table because I was teaching prep at home, trying to to work um, and obviously the, the farming responsibilities um, being, being there as well. So I thought now, you know, that's not the time, but but now is with the, the kids back physically at school, I have a little bit more time in my day. So this podcast is called Ducks on the Pond and it's a podcast by rural women for rural women. So we're exclusively featuring rural women and looking at themes. So the, the sorts of things that you want to talk about, you might talk about with your best friends, um, but you certainly wouldn't be having these uh, conversations, you know, in, in polite society, if you will. Uh, so we'll be talking about, um, you know, issues from motherhood, including postnatal depression, to um, starting businesses on your own or side hustles, to uh, succession planning and where you fit into the mix if you're on a family farm or married into a family farm. And, um, and even our, our first episode will be about do you call yourself a farmer? Just the word the farmer and how it sits with you can be difficult for some women to, to find their identity. And I know it has been for me. Um, so, so that's where we're starting. And, you know, we're, we're keen to, to launch. We're launching really, really soon. So um, we're also keen to hear from other women and about what they want us to talk about and what some of those issues you know, they just love to hear more from a rural perspective because I think we we have these added challenges in life um, that that other women don't have. So all of the, the same challenges we already have um, as as women, whether that's raising kids, working, but I think you know, being on a farm, you've got these logistical issues. You're remote. Your um, your role on the farm can be very different to to other women, and and how much time that takes can be difficult and difficult conversations about that. Money is not as straightforward sometimes as as earning a salary. Um, so there are all these other issues that that make us a unique group and and a really kind of special group I, I'm always excited to connect with other rural women because they are often the 
the most kind of, you know, the biggest go-getters, the most innovative and interesting people I've met are rural women because they constantly have to jump through these hurdles. And, and um, you know, I've had to learn how to be a rural woman and I'm proud to say I am one. Um, so, yeah, that, that, that's why I started it. And I, I, um, I got Jackie on board early. I told her my idea. And she liked it and I thought that she would be great to be part of it because of what she's done with Rural Women's Day, how connected she is um, in the community broadly. Um, so it's about f- forming a community of, of rural women. Um, and, yeah, Jackie's a real go-getter. So <laughs> I'm glad she's on board. Jackie, what enticed you? What got you over the line for getting into the world of podcasting? Um, to be honest, Sky, like podcasting was really never on my radar until Kirsten come to me back at Christmas time with her idea. I think, um, though it's podcasting, um, look, I don't listen to a lot. There will be select episodes that I'll, you know, jump on and have a listen to different stories, but it's not a consistent thing. And in my, uh, work, I find it hard to have any background noise because I'm on the phone quite regularly. So when, yeah, the option come up to uh, do a podcast and when Kirsten sent, well, she sent me a bit of a message and was like, hey, I'd love to chat about an idea I have. And I was like, million ideas going through my head. Like, what is Kirsten up to? Mm-hmm. I've been following Kirsten for some time and uh, reading her blogs um, as, a, you know, becoming a farmer and um, what they do on their property. And I had always admired uh, what she had done for the, like in the industry and sharing the story, especially uh, in our local community and what they do um, at the Woodhouse Hall. So um, Kirsten's a, you're on the, are you the part of the committee on the Woodhouse Hall? I think that's how it is. Oh, I'm the president. (laughs) (laughs) president. (laughs) So look, I, yeah, the things that Kirsten had done uh, locally, you know, had always interested me. So um when this intelligent woman yeah sent me a message I thought absolutely I'm going to catch up with her and uh so we yeah sat down over coffee and chatted about the podcast and it was a yeah a couple of hours I think that we sat down for and um enjoyed catching up and I think to to be able to catch up and have a, a discussion with someone about new ideas after 2020 um you know, definitely gets you excited and, you know, how can you reach a further audience? And, yeah, with Rural Women's Day, I see it as a great platform to support other rural women um, in their ideas and adventures. And that's where I saw this podcast fitting in really well to, one, support Kirsten and and utilise the Rural Women's Day platform to, you know, reach other other ladies um, across Australia and New Zealand. Um, I want to ask you before we go any further. Now I'm intrigued. What uh, what's the go with the Woodhouse Hall? <laughs> what happens there? <laughs> oh, so it's a, a community hall. Um, so there are lots of community halls all around Australia, uh, particularly Victoria and New South Wales. And it um, for us, it links into the Soldier Settlers community at Woodhouse, which is a locality. Um, north of Karamet, which is technically where I live, but there's really not much there anymore. You know, a long time ago, there there would have been a school and a bit of a community, but now there's really just a hall. And um, it's where we we gather. So, you know, the the local Red Cross and the local CFA have their meetings there. Uh, We hold a trivia night every year. Uh, We have a a Christmas event for the kids at the end of the year, and we might do things in between. Uh, It's a way of the, the community 
together and it comes back to when it was first built which was after world war ii um you know the the government would have given money for a a community hall to help form connections in the community because after world war ii um returning soldiers who had an aptitude um for farming and wanted to farm um came and and got a plot of land uh, or were eligible applied got got a plot of land were given this these tiny little shacks of a home to try and live in they often didn't have running water or or electricity at the time and um yeah started to to make a life for themselves and a lot of these communities around Australia actually failed um because it was pretty hard to start from scratch and um build up a farming enterprise but I think because of where we are you know that we're just lucky um with with the rainfall and, and the soil here is pretty good um that it, it, it did survive and the community has survived and there are still sort of, you know, sons and daughters of soldier settlers that live in the community today. And so that's what it's based on. And we have a big memorial there for the fallen soldiers. And a few years ago, actually, we, ha- we held this big, big Anzac Day event and actually recognised uh, the women because, of course, back in the day, it was only men who were able to get a, a plot of land. But a lot of, a lot of the women who returned from the wall had been nurses and things. So we um, honoured them by putting their... Um, their names on plaques and recording their histories, which is, you know, just as important. You know, the, the women were, were part of the war too and, and, and saw a lot and, and went through a lot. So that was really important. And so, yeah, that's, that's a, a wonderful part and it's what keeps our community together. You wouldn't know it when you drive past and you just see a few houses in a farming region, what kind of live community there is underneath. Oh, I love that. Good on you. That's so great. And you sound like such a go-getter, um, Kirsten, and that you've got many things on the boil and you've got breathing sort of fresh life into your community. Where does oh, that I totally come from? Into that. Oh, oh. <laughs> the wall, I totally got, you know, pulled in, sucked in, became secretary, and then I was made president <laughs> and it's a job for life. And, I get it, yeah. Um, it's the biggest joke, you know, they, it's what you do to the new member. You, yeah. There's a new, new person in the community. They suck you in. Yeah. And, and before you know it, you, you know, but I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm only building on a lot of great work from people before me, but it's, it's great. It's, it's really fun. Sometimes you go, Oh God, I can't, I can't fathom having to organize this. I've got so many emails to write and I've got to do so much stuff, but then, once you do it and, and the day happens or, you know, the, the, the thing comes off, you realise how, how much, you know, how worth it it really is. So where did you grow up? I grew up in Penrith or near Penrith in Western Sydney. So a very different lifestyle to, to where I am now. And how did it sort of come to be? How did, I suppose the question to ask you is how did you get into the media and where did it lead you to? I always wanted to be a journalist. It was my goal. Um, So I, yeah, worked hard at school. (laughs) I studied hard. Uh, Got into Sydney University to study media uh, and, yeah, completed my degree, went for an ABC cadetship and I got one, which was amazing. And it was, um, there are a few people that they give one cadetship for one person per state. And that is amazing that you got a cadetship. Congratulations. It is such a tightly (laughs) held thing. 
Yeah, thanks. Um, it was five of us that year were from Sydney. So they kept one in Sydney and sent the rest of us elsewhere. And they sent me to Melbourne. And I think they sent me to Melbourne because on my application, I had written that I, that I liked the arts and theatre. And so they thought that Melbourne was a good fit and, and it was, I loved Melbourne, you know, um, I loved living in Melbourne. I was not in a rush to get back to Sydney at all. So worked there after a year of cadetship, they like to send you to the country. So I went to Bendigo and worked there for a year and that was really great. Learned a lot. I mean, the, um, I tell all my students where you learn your craft is in the country because you'll get thrown in the deep end and you you just have to do it all. And it was fantastic. Then I got a job back in Melbourne and was just, yeah, happily working away. I worked on um, 7 p.m. news, radio, uh, online, some of the radio current affairs programs like AM and PM. Um, yeah, and on News Breakfast. Um, I still actually present the weather on News Breakfast occasionally um, these days. But uh, yeah, and then I, I fell in love with a farmer and it wasn't my fault. We were, I was just, <laughs> I was out in Melbourne in a bar. <laughs> People assumed that I must have been on a, like reporting on a, on a, on a story when I met him or that um, I was on Farmer Wants a Wife. N- none of these <sighs> things are true. <laughs> Do they? Yeah, I often get that. Were you on Farmer Wants a Wife or <laughs> did you, were you reporting, you know, on a story? No, I was in my natural habitat. <laughs> In a bar. No, that's not my natural habitat. I was in a bar in Melbourne <laughs> and um, just walked up to a table with a friend and my now husband, had, he had his back to us. I, I just put my, my, my drink down there and he turned around and we started chatting and that was it. And then it saw me, yeah, moving to, to where I am now. So how long ago was that? I mean, it must have been a huge thing, was it, for you to move from the city and your, your job there to where you are now? Yeah, it was a huge thing. Um, and and I had to really think a lot about it. Um, so it was, I met him when I was 26 and I we were married 18 months later, actually. Amazing. So it all happened pretty quickly. <laughs> and look, to be honest, some of the theory of, you know, why do we get married so, so quickly? Um, Obviously, I was in love. Yeah. <laughs> Still am. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I think for me to make that big move, I needed that commitment. You know, I don't think, I think if we were both in Melbourne, you know, working our, our jobs in Melbourne, I wouldn't have felt the need for that commitment. I, I had this fear of moving to the farm, knowing what it would, would mean for my career um, and then, you know, it not working out two years later. And then having to, then almost not having a home because, you know, I'd, I'd been in Melbourne for sort of seven years and I certainly that was my home. But then, you know, Sydney was where my family was at and where I grew up. And I had that real fear of kind of being left without a home, without a career. And that's probably me being overly dramatic in my brain. But um, that that's you know, that's why it was sort of, we, there was no kind of, there was no beautiful proposal. We actually just had a chat and we're like, yeah, let's get married. And, and it all made sense. And yeah, it was the right decision. And as a journalist, do you just see stories everywhere? 
Yeah, everywhere. And now that I'm sort of, well, you know, I'm not really working as a journalist anymore. Um, So sometimes I see them like, oh gosh, we should report on that. Someone should be reporting on that. And I might text a friend or, you know, but I just have to let it go. I don't have time to kind of investigate every story. Mm -hmm. But (laughs) But now you've got a podcast, you do have an avenue to do it. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I suppose it's, it's more an exploration of, of human stories rather than that kind of news junkie mm. that I was, um, you know, addicted to the agenda of the day and and what's making headlines. This is more about what's important to a certain audience that you're cultivating. Just taking a small breather from our chat to tell you about the sponsor for Series 3 of Company, the Grampians Goods Co., is a company that's inspired by the rugged grandeur of the Grampians region in regional Victoria. Its founder, Amanda, creates and curates natural lifestyle products and practical luxe apparel. And let me tell you, they are all just so gorgeous. You know that I love a female-founded rural Aussie brand. The Grampians Goods Co.'s products are cleverly curated to help you experience adventure through a uniquely feminine lens. I've been saving my pennies to purchase a recycled wool tartan blanket for a snuggly winter's afternoon on the couch. But there's also a non-toxic self-nurturing aromatherapy candle range, and I am so looking forward to Amanda's exciting new range of cozy products coming out soon, including hot water bottle covers, new blanket styles, and a bespoke blend of salted hot chocolate. As an exclusive for company listeners, Amanda has set up a special discount code just for you. Enter COMPANY10 at the checkout for 10% off your purchase for a limited time. And... Jackie, Elliot, um, I have loved watching what you're doing from afar, but I don't know much about Rural Women's Day and sort of how it came to be. When did you start focusing on it? Yeah, so it was in 2018 and uh, International Day of Rural Women on October 15 sort of came about and I was probably a bit more involved um, on social media you're looking at and you know on social media and looking at what people were up to and there wasn't much happening in our local area and uh so from from that point I was like why aren't we doing more to celebrate International Day of Rural Women and especially locally um there was a couple of things sort of northern Queensland would pop up but nothing in particular for for that really special day that we should be celebrating. And uh, in much like International Women's Day, which is in March, and we do have a local event, usually the local hospital runs, but um, it was, yeah, about Royal Women's Day and how can we celebrate that? So sort of from that point, I was like, well, if if no one's doing this, someone needs to be doing this and why can't that be me? So um, it come about yeah purely out of something that I think I needed to to connect with my community and find um, women in our region so I don't I'd lived here for eight years at the time and I still didn't feel like um, you know I had found my tribe locally like it was um, so it was 
in a way, Rural Women's Day was grown from, you know, what, well, it started as, you know, something that I need. And I was like, well, if this is what I need. There's other women out there that probably need this as well. And yes, yeah, so it took about 12 months to run the first uh, event called Rural Women's Day. And it was an expectation of, you know, having 40 to 60 attendees. And it ended up being a sellout with 170 women traveling uh, like further distances uh, to come to Dunkeld for a day event. And from that, that first event, I thought like, you know, this, this needs to be an annual thing or, you know, let's try and put International Day of Rural Women in people's minds or when they're, you know, putting marking their calendars with um, events or, or projects that they could be um, doing, like let's look at International Day of Rural Women. So after that first event, I registered Rural Women's Day as a not-for-profit enterprise. And they, so it has slowly grown through that social media. So the social media started to promote just the event alone. And now it's grown to show uh, rural women's uh, stories and you know, trying to bring, um, like, broaden the community of rural women and share other people's stories. So, yeah, it's sort of it started out of a need as what I what I was looking for, and now it's grown into be able to support support a larger community. So good. And then you were throwing a bit of a curveball last, not a well, COVID through curveballs for everybody, and that impacted what you were doing. So you pivoted beautifully. Tell me what happened. Yeah, so with Rural Women's Day, um, we were looking at having the, the second event um, and I think COVID was probably a blessing in disguise for Rural Women's Day. We were going to be walking into a second event with not a lot of funds uh, saved and so the idea come up to do a print magazine to share rural women's stories and, um, yeah, and that helped us actually Initially, we didn't think we'd um, raise money funds out of the magazine, but we have been able to to continue uh, running the events. And we sold yes, 700 copies of a Rural Women's Day special keepsake magazine across Australia and New Zealand. So do you want to keep that going? I think so. I, I believe for Rural Women's Day now, we will... So when I say we, my mum's very much involved and a big supporter. And we've got a little... Um, group of ladies who I you know go to with ideas and and what Rural Women's Day is doing so in this year we're looking at doing running the main event again in Dunkeld uh we won't I won't do a magazine I can't I can't I find I can't do both I can't stretch myself that thinly across um two projects and I I believe then what I'd what I think would work best for Rural Women's Day is if we run the event um every second year and do a magazine every other year and that way uh, Rural Women's Day broadly can uh, raise funds to pay for overhead costs and on the years that we do the magazine hopefully we can support other women in regional communities to help host their own events. Amazing so it, it is a um, model that you'd like to see replicated across Australia. Yeah absolutely and anything from you know, a, an event for Rural Women's Day can be having your neighbours around to, you know, have morning tea in your kitchen and have a chat and just connect. Um, it's all about that, like, face-to-face connection and, and like, and sharing stories and ensuring that, you know, commu- other women of your community, you know, they're, they're not alone. You're not isolated. 
So it could be a, a small event that's in your kitchen um, or, you know, around the dining table. It can be a local community event and you might go broader and, you know, have an international guest speaker come in. So uh, when, when travel permitting, of course. So, yeah, I would love to see Rural Women's Day uh, under that not-for-profit banner um, be taken up. And, yeah, we'd I'd love to be able to help as many people as possible to put on their own event. Wow, that's so, so good. I love that idea too. What's your approach, Jackie, to social media? Because I um, I love your account and I find out about so many interesting rural women doing wonderful things through through your account. So how do you, what's your sort of purpose there? Originally when, after we were advertising the first event and I'm like, there's 12 months between now and the next event and I can't just leave this platform that keeps growing organically to, you know, and then come back in 12 months time. So it's something I really enjoy um, spending the time on uh, researching and finding other rural women's stories and sharing them. And there's, I don't really have a plan. Like everything is planned and then posted. Like I put it together and then post it straight away. I um, like last month, oh, sorry, in March, I ran like a, um, you know, month of women where I shared different stories each day. And so there's definitely no um, plan. It's generally just sharing like things that I'm interested in. And, you know, I just hope that if there's something that's interests me, it might interest um, someone that's following that Rural Women's Day page. When you talk about um, doing your podcast together, is and that's going to be sort of aligned with Rural Women's Day but a, but a little bit separate as well and talking about themes generally. Are you just going to be focusing on women lo- locally? No, we really want to broaden it out to Australia, maybe international. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, well, we'll sort of start Australia but um, really, really would like to keep it broad. Like I just think that rural women have such you know uh, we, we, we spoke to one woman in um, remote WA um, who was fantastic and you know they have different challenges to to you know people where where we are for example for for instance but um you know she had to school her kids via school of the air um, but we, we still have that understanding so I really want to make it a, a conversation for rural women everywhere but uh, we'll see how we, how we go. <laughs> Tell me about the details. So um, when you're hoping to release it and how often it might come out and whether there's any um, social media involved in that at the moment. It will be coming out in June and um, it we're still <laughs> sorting out exactly the frequency of it. It will be either weekly or fortnightly. Um, and we, we've sort of started putting a few together now um, and then we want to get into the rhythm of it. And they're coming up in the lead up to the Rural Women's Day, which Jackie will be able to tell you the date of that. <laughs> yeah, so we're having our event here at Dunkeld on Saturday the 16th of October, um, but International Day of Rural Women is October 15th. So I, yeah, with Kirsten and... Um, releasing you know a couple of episodes and it's really just you know we're having a go and seeing seeing what's out there and the stories we can share the interest that we get to see if it continues or like I hope it's not a one-off I think it's going to be a really fantastic resource for people to go back to so um yeah and having Royal Women's Day a part of this and for me personally to be able to 
join in on something that I'm, I'm not a really confident public speaker and Kirsten's uh, sort of pushed me along and encouraged <laughs> me and I really appreciate that because it's something I need to uh, get better at and get more confidence um, public speaking. So, yeah, that's why it's just a great, great art, like project to be a part of and celebrate more rural women in another way. You'd never be able to tell, would you? Totally. I mean, <laughs> that. She said, look, I really love the idea. And she rang me up after it. She was like, yep, this sounds great. I'm on board. And then that night she rang me. She said, oh, look, I'm just really worried about public speaking. And I was like, oh, really? You know, like I hadn't even thought about it because she speaks so well. Uh, she knows what she's doing. Um, yeah. So I said, I reckon you'll be fine. And I've just been softly pushing her. And she's been more than fine. And you would never, like you would never know um, that you had a fear, which I think is so funny and kind of goes to, you know, we women can be like that. We've all got imposter syndrome and we've all kind of think we're not, we can't do things, you know, that, and it's not true. Like you, mm. yeah. Mm. So I'm glad. Unwarranted. Yes, Jackie, you do a pretty good, sorry, Jackie, you do a pretty good effort of public speaking. I'm very impressed. <laughs> well, ladies, it's been so lovely to talk with you today. Thank you for making the time and good luck with your new podcast. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks for having us. Thank you very much, Sky. There's nothing better than meeting people who chase their ideas and make our communities all the better for it. I know there are women like this everywhere and it is totally my privilege to meet them through this podcast. This brings to the end this series of company sponsored so kindly by the Grampians Goods Co. I may, or I may not, sorry, have a special bonus episode for you next week. But otherwise, you can find me on Instagram at sky underscore Manson or through my weekly newsletter, Company on Sundays. And I'll be back with you for Series 3 of Company at the beginning of June.